Who do you write to if you want to be like, I'm a concerned citizen. This is what I'm dealing with. Can you do something? Well, it's remotely possible. The podcast about uncertainty, anxiety, and existential despair. This conversation took place on the 23rd of March, 2020. It would be... I really do want to hear from some like nurses who are in the hospitals in the city. If you have any, who would talk to me. So yeah, I can, I can, um, behind the scenes, I had Michelle Byrne be RN, find one of her colleagues who's working on the front lines. Nancy, a name I'm going to make up so she doesn't get in trouble with hospital administration, works in one of the rougher parts of New York City. Sliding glass door, police officer, metal detector. This is what it looks like when patients walk into her emergency department for care. Two security guards turn right, enter triage when it's your turn after signing in on a little form. At this point, you haven't washed your hands yet. Um, and then you see the ER nurse who asks you why you're there, does your first set of vital signs, and assigns you to the proper part of the ER based on your presenting symptoms. And how busy is it now? Uh, we're, we're, like, very close to capacity already. In the beginning, this was not something she was afraid of. And to be honest with you, I was one of those people who were like, it's no big deal. It's just another flu. I don't understand why we're freaking out about it. Welcome to Remotely Possible, the podcast about uncertainty, anxiety, and existential despair. And this is episode four. It's going to be heavy on the existential despair. Before COVID-19, we had, you know, cabinets. Strict controls have now been put in place. Gowns and face guards are actually, like, locked up by the charge nurse. Face guards, like, go in the room with the rule out COVID, come out. Instead of tossing that face guard because it was just exposed, you're wiping it down. Oh, wait. I studied for why this was bad. On the last episode, Dr. Cooper taught me about how coronavirus goes into your lungs and gets into the tissue and then makes your body make more of the virus. Let it never be said that nurses don't study hard, too. That's what I was going to say. So the initial onset of coronavirus might look like the following. We're getting like mild upper respiratory tract um, symptoms and then all of a sudden getting super short of breath and you know, their stats are dropped. Intubation requires aggressive, intense care. This is Dr. Michael Cooper again from the last episode. And at the risk of self-parody, I'm a psychiatrist who's going to ask him how it makes people feel. Because feeling short of breath when you are actively trying to catch your breath and you can't is terrifying. It causes a lot of anxiety and is frightening. Wait a minute. Um, you don't sound that scared. So this is why I'm, I think I don't come off as scared because I'm more angry than scared because I, I really and truly feel as though the people in charge, whether it's like management or, you know, administration or, you know, government or all of the above. So when it looks like the following. Like having a cold to needing to be on a ventilator. 
you're going to want to blame someone, even if you don't know who. And so what typically we see is people who are anxious because they're terrified because they have this feeling of not being able to catch their breath. Ah, and here's where I'm going to say, actually, that's nurses, not the patients on the vents you thought it was. I already am hearing stories about people like travel nurses being kicked out of their rentals because they're a nurse. I asked her to reach out to someone who maybe had that story so I can share it with you. Everybody's on edge. Like people who are super duper stoic and never ever shed a tear, like no matter what kind of tragic shit they deal with, are like driving home crying. And for me, at least, the last people I want falling apart in the middle of a pandemic are the nurses in the emergency rooms of the city in which I live. You telling me that it's perfectly safe. Like, look at the CDC. They just, like, loosened all of their guidelines over the fact that there's a lack of supply. This is me on the phone earlier today with someone who imports uh, a variety of products, including protective equipment from China. Imagine my surprise when later that day, talking to a nurse, this is what I heard. Like you go from, you have to wear an, an N95 mask anytime you come into any kind of close contact with anyone who may have the virus to wear a bandana if you run out of masks. But wait a minute, I just heard from the guy who imports them. FDA approval isn't there for the N95. They could build them. Wait, what? They wouldn't be able to mark anything N95. So like, that it's would, sketchy. The, the sketchiness of them is less concerning than their existence. So, yeah, that's right. Nurses in New York are having their friends make masks at home, like, as craft projects that they can use to protect themselves at work. There are the three-layer disposable masks. There are the KN95s. And then, like I said, for a premium, they will, they will build out the spec of N95. Okay. They, they will come in. And, and by the way, yeah, that was me on the phone call. A little explanation is in order. Because I'll, I'll tell you why I'm calling. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm a psychiatrist in New York City. And, yep. um, you know, we're, we're gearing up to be the epicenter of the worst pandemic right now. And I am like begging people on like Facebook and Instagram to like donate shit. And I forwarded it to like the director of, of my department, like, Hey, look, we can get free shit. Can you, can you send them an email so we get them? But like, why is the CNO not doing this shit? Why are you guys in charge who sit in your ivory tower? not? My suspicion is the people in charge have been furiously making phone calls for a long time, which is why there are already orders placed to that factory for millions of masks. However, when the following clinical scenario is your friend's husband. And the chest x-ray showed complete whiteout on both sides. And this is the answer to an exam question in med school over and over again. That's referred to as a ground glass opacity. Both lungs. Guess that emotion and the winner is... Fear. And what makes you afraid? Because this dude is like under 50 with no medical problems and works out like a maniac. 
and here is where if I was following the This American Life playbook, there'd be some music to transition us from here to the next part, but I just didn't have it in me. Yes, correct. Okay. Even the KN95 actually tests the N95 standard, the different construction. Yep. And the um, it does not filter out at the exact same number. So if anyone's wondering the number at which bandanas filter things out, oh, God. Anyone who may have the virus to wear a bandana if you run out of masks. To be clear, the FDA is a regulatory agency of the U.S. federal government. And the regulations we have to follow are made by and enforced by and can be changed by the federal government. Because changing nothing can change everything. Thank you, CVS Pharmacy. Hold music. Thank you for calling CVS Pharmacy. This is Kelly speaking. How may I help you? If you listened to the last episode, you'll remember how Dr. Cooper explained to us in exquisite detail how hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin together might help, caveat, 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 treat cases of COVID-19. CVS at Target, this is the pharmacist. Can I help you? Hi, this is Dr. Owen Muir calling about... What happens when the president tweets about complex polypharmacy for novel infectious agents? Remember, I have an autoimmune disease, so Plaquenil is a medication I take. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not common for me to fill prescriptions from a psychiatrist's office for autoimmune. Yeah. So with it not being within the scope, it's not something I'd be able to fill today. Okay. Thank All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. That's a CVS pharmacist telling me that medication for my autoimmune disease is outside my scope of practice to prescribe. And in fairness, I can get my rheumatologist to call it in, but as proof of principle. And the engine shut off and you're weightless. The clip I was trying to grab off of YouTube here about our pharmacologist in chief making comments that were not strictly speaking in keeping with the spirit or in fact letter or in fact meaning of anything the FDA has said, but I got this ad instead. Turn the handle and open the hatch. You pull yourself out into the universe and now suddenly when you move your knees, you can feel the searing heat of the sun on one side and the incredibly cold emptiness of space on the other. Yeah, it feels like I'm on a different planet. That's about right. Thanks, YouTube. When you're no longer Earthlings, how do you navigate? You can use the stars. The stars all remind us are what we used to navigate before we had the scientific method. You can actually see how that place where you were raised fits into the overall complexity and reality of the solar system. Which is complex and real and not what we're getting. You start to unavoidably wonder how it might even be remotely possible to keep anything political out of this. And you realize you're just kind of stuck. Are we alone in the universe? But the question about intelligent life on Earth, that's going to be trickier. Uh, we have a drug called chloroquine. Uh, 
a derivation would be hydroxychloroquine. And I'm going to skip over the part where it's really strong and powerful and how we know about it and how it's safe and all that kind of stuff. And it showed very encouraging early results, really encouraging. If, we, if this works as well as hopefully it might. Keep in mind, Donald Trump wanted to basically get rid of the FDA. The FDA, which would have taken normally much longer to do. Because they have to actually understand results, which means understanding anything at all about science. The FDA has been Dr. Hahn, Dr. Stephen Hahn. Accepting bets on whether he's fantastic or terrific. Uh, he's been fantastic. <sighs> Sorry, everyone who went with terrific. Very quickly. I won't even tell you how quickly, but let's put it this way. It's approved. And again, to be clear, it is not approved by the FDA for this indication. And you know what else isn't approved by the FDA? Ventilator masks made in the same factory by the same people to the same specs as an N95. So nurses in New York City do not have them except maybe to share. Okay, this is why I'm angry. This is why I'm saying I feel like we're just dispensable. Oh, what you can do to support us is please stay home. Stay home. If you're not already sick, coming to the hospital will surely get you there. Um. And if you're bored at home, there are YouTube videos to make simple face masks and face shields that your frontline workers could desperately use. This is a fun, you know, arts and crafts project. Um, definitely stay home, wash your hands, don't go to your friend's house, don't go to the park where it's a bunch of people there. Just stay home, watch Netflix, cook food, be with the people who you live with and, you know, Stay out of the ER. Really, stay out of the ER. Remotely Possible. It's a show by and in some ways for the team at Brooklyn Mines. We're a multidisciplinary mental health practice. www.brooklynmines.com the show was produced by Self-Disclosure Productions and hosted by Michelle Burnaby and Owen Muir. That's me. I'm your engineer. Our logo was done by Cortex Creations. Final, final V2. That's a production company with some technical assistance. Our communications firm is Greyhorse. They have big ideas, bold plans, and a commitment to equality on the web at greathorse.cc. Uh, Zoom, for making it possible to actually see people. Uh, the internet, for making it possible for Zoom to help people see people. And most importantly, to everyone who's sacrificing their time helping each other, bringing food, taking away garbage, working in healthcare, doing whatever you're doing to hold this whole crazy spinning top together while we try to get through this. Okay.
That actually feels pretty good. Tune in next time. Also, check out Pandemic Check-In. That's another podcast. And it's produced by Ben Adair at Western Sound and uh, our team at Brooklyn Mines. It's a call-in show, so if you have questions about stuff like how the hell are we going to deal with this, that's something you can call. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Leave a review. It's going to help people find these shows. And now, a disclaimer. Listening to a podcast is not a substitute for getting real medical help. This show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical and or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health needs. And if you need help now, please use the crisis text line. Text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That's the left side of your phone. And you can call 1-800-LIFENET if you want to actually talk on the phone to someone promptly, if talking on the phone is still something anyone does. Pandemic Check-In is produced by Western Sound and Brooklyn Mines, and questions for the team can be called in to 858 255 1770 